Welcome to Fast Times at D&D High, where everyone's trans until proven otherwise. I'm your DM, Persephone, joined by our players, Nuance. Hi, I'm Nuance. I play Suri, and I just want to read my fanfic. Ren. Hey, I'm Ren. I play Cecil, and I can't argue with that premise. Elise. Hi, I'm Elise, and I play Hudson, who just learned where the library was. Caro. Hi, I'm Caro, and I play Ollie. Now, let's get started. Last time on Fast Times at D&D High, I, Wynn, the totally normal magical talking cat and star of this podcast, took Hudson and Ollie from the hospital to bring them to the nefarious hideout of his diavarnum and companions, these guild turn heroes. After getting to a totally undeserved fight with Cecil and Suri and Ollie. Okay, everyone except Hudson, our newfound heroes explored the hideout. After finding a mystical strange library and an ancient robot, they determined to explore the rest. What chaos awaits them? You'll just have to listen to find out. Now, can someone open this can of tuna for me? I don't have thumbs, goddammit. Nothing like what you've seen before whenever you get hit with a beam of light. The world does not go white. Nothing like that. Just sunlight comes through the room um, along with a little bit of dust. And when you look in, you see that there are very, very tall stained glass windows set at the back of a room with rows and rows of tables and desks just all over the place. There are shelves of books reaching high up to the ceiling, rows and rows stacked one on top of the other, and those go off to the left and into the distance and sort of wave around the room in um, an undulating pattern. The room seems like it was left in a state of disarray. There are books left on tables. There are pieces of paper everywhere. Um, there looks to be an open notebook or ledger type of thing at one of the center tables. And there's also a bigger desk in the back corner that looks like it's covered in things as well. You also see without rolling perception that in the center of the room on one of the larger tables, there is a black chest. Wow. Oh my. Ollie like ducks into the room and just starts looking at everything. Uh, Suri is right there next to him, just like amazed. This is probably the closest she has come to feeling religious outside of actually visiting a mamahu's temple uh and just kind of sweeps through and immediately goes over to the closest shelf to look at 
books and pulls one out. She's checking publication dates. Like, how old are these books? Where are you pulling the books from? The closest shelf I can reach. Okay. So you walk over to the left and you get to the frontmost bookshelf and pluck a tome from it. Please give me an arcana check. 13. With a 13, the book that you've pulled out is bound leather, brown. It has a gold clasp at the corner. Might be brass, painted gold, you don't know. And you pop it open. The pages of this book are black. You cannot make heads or tails of them. They are completely blank. Ollie, Ollie, come look at this. Ollie's like right next to Suri. Oh my gosh, what is going on? That's incredible. Do you think it's, uh, it's got spell work on it to, to keep people from, from reading it? It's gotta be, but like, have you ever seen black pages before? No, never. It's incredible. Do you think all the books are like this? I don't know. I. Ollie motions over to the desk. We should see what they were looking at before. Oh, they were, I, I mean, oh, yeah, no, interrupted, you're... I guess. Before I, you get to that, right. Ollie, when you look down at the pages of the book, I would like you to make an arcana check as well. It's only a nine. Nine. You cannot read them either. If they would had any writing on them, maybe it's too old and faded, but all you see are blank black pages. Huh. Well, let's check out the, the whatever's on the desk. Ollie walks over to the desk and starts to look at the different books that are that were sitting out. Story will follow, but she's definitely holding the book to her chest protectively, like, this is my new baby and I love it more than I love most things. Oh, no. Azen just turns to Cecil to gauge their expression about this library. Cecil has kind of a look on their face, uh, sort of an appraising look, and is just kind of scanning the room to see if they can find some sort of card catalog system or something. Cecil has a mission in here, so. How does anybody find books in a library? There are so many. Well. Oh, well, there are several different ways to- Oh, sorry, you weren't talking to me. There's a system for it. Like there is for most things. Like how magic works and how your know, Chris phone works and everything else. There's systems behind basically everything. And if we can find the system here, we can figure out what oh. to do with all of this Okay. Um, he's gonna follow them over to the table and then peek at that book. So you can see that there are four tables laden with stuff. I need you to select which ones you are looking at. One of them includes the one with the treasure chest on top of it. There's also the desk in the back corner. Ooh, treasure chest. Hmm. Do I see anything that looks like a card catalog or file cabinet or anything? Roll investigation, please. 
Nine. Starting off with my my roll strong again. With the nine, you look around the room, just sort of glancing to and fro, looking at some of the bookshelves that are actually on the right wall. The right wall is the only side of the library that has books that rise straight up to the ceiling in bookshelves, unlike the sort of swirling pattern the other ones have. And as a reminder, if you look at the ones that sort of swirl around the room, the aisles between them are so deep that you can't actually tell how deep the room is. But you glance towards the back of the room and you see a large tome about three feet by three feet open at the front of the desk. It could be a card catalog or some sort of record keeping, but you'd have to approach to find out. Uh, yeah, Cecil will walk over to the giant book. <laughs> you walk over to the giant book. Please make an arcana check. Eleven. With an eleven, you stare down at the book. This does not have black pages like the other one. However, when you try to make sense of the writing, it's sort of like the lettering starts to move and shift in patterns, and you can't understand it at all. Hudson follows Cecil over to the book and will, I guess, attempt also to read it. I don't roll a nat 20, I will cry. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Nope, nat 1! <laughs> oh! It's just so good. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Suri feels so much better. Hudson looks at it and goes, Yeah, that's a book. Hudson, with a nat one, not only do the words scramble, but you see them realign, and suddenly you're looking at a wrestling guidebook. Oh. Hey, this is actually a wrestling guidebook. Oh, no wonder it's so big. You know, because it probably has to have bigger text. All right. It's probably because only really strong people should be able to pick it up for wrestling. That's... Part of the training. Way more polite than what I was insinuating, yes. That's all it is. Cecil's going to turn away from the book, because that's clearly a dud. Hudson's going to keep reading it. Um, Ollie notices the treasure chest on one of the desks and then the books on the other desk and seems deeply torn for a minute <laughs> and just looks at Suri and he's like, what? Like more books? Yes! Oh, money! You know. Why would you keep money in the library? I don't know, but it's in a treasure chest. All I'm saying is we should probably investigate both. Okay, oh, um, does it look like the chest matches the key I found? You take the key and approach the treasure chest. As you get closer, you see that it's about two feet by two feet. There's ornate scroll work around the front. But as you glance at it and look it over, there's no keyhole. Oh my god, what if it's a puzzle box? Another one? 
I don't know if I'm ready to fight more water elementals and get additional. Oh, I was hoping for just like a fun puzzle box, not like a murder puzzle box. Both of you roll insight. I have a dirty 20. I've 23. Okay, so both of you know this. You look over the chest, um, back to front, to the sides, and you realize that at the top, in the black scroll work, sort of with um, a lattice of it, um, almost like a circlet decoration where it's curving around something at the center, you see a music note at the center of the top of the box. So we have to sing to the box? Do you know what note that is? Uh, is it on a is it on a staff? Is it on like a musical staff? Can I determine what note it is? It is not. Okay. So it's just like a quarter note hanging it's out. It's a quarter note. Quarter note gets four. Well, sorry. Quarter note gets one beat. Quarter note gets one beat. You know the song, right? Here's a full yeah, note, a here's full a note. full note, and a half. I'm probably not holding it long enough, sorry. I gets quarter one note gets one beat. Yeah, see, you know, you can sing, can't you? Oh no, you just no, did, so. no, no, no. I mean, like, physically, I can fit, anybody can physically sing, you just pick a note and then you you hold it for a few seconds and then you find another one like anybody can do that well is the other one and that is a different word okay i like ollie kind of like squints and looks slightly skeptically at sorry okay i'm not going to push it right now but we're going to have a conversation about music later and while you're okay. both having this conversation you ignore the slight light up of the note that then goes dim. While that's oh sorry, distracted that's by true learning. and fair. <laughs> While that's happening, Cecil is just gonna kind of gently grab Hudson's elbow and just take Hudson further into the library because Cecil, upon seeing two people singing together realizes maybe Hudson and, and they they should just skedaddle a little bit. Hudson allows himself to be led away and tells them this book is so good. It totally agrees with me that the Carpathian method is the best method to get out of a leg hold when and he just like goes off on this like rant about his personal opinions about like wrestling styles and skills as they walk away. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I could really use your help, but, uh, like... With wrestling? Can you just come help me? Let's just look and see if there's any books about robots. Oh, just... yeah! That's why we're here, isn't it? I totally forgot. Yeah. Alright. So, you start to go into the stacks. You pick an aisle and start going down it. Since... Hudson is helping you, Cecil. I will allow him to give you the help action on your wisdom oh, saving. Oh, fudge. 
his help is just pulling out books and pointing at it and trying to see if this is the book we're looking for. This is a book? I don't believe you normally get help actions on saving throws, but I'm gonna allow it. Okay, so my first two rolls in this game were both sevens with different modifiers. I just rolled two dice just now and they were both seventeens. So that means twenty-one. Everything's coming in two this this game. Apparently. Is this the book? Is this the book? Well, that was a wisdom saving throw, not an investigation. Something bad is about to happen, I think. With a 21. Yep. It was 21, right? With a 21, you walk into the aisle and you both feel this gauze-like material pass over you, but you don't see anything. It's like if someone took a wedding veil and just brushed it across your chest, across your face, and down your back, and then it's gone. Cecil's gonna kind of reach out. Huh. Whoa. Did we just walk through a ghost? I mean, it could have been like a spider web or something. I just don't see anything. Uh... Cecil, as you start looking around, you look forward down the stacks, down the aisle that you're in, and it starts to stretch more and more and more, just books upon books upon books, until in the distance you see a speck of black that looks like it may be the exit from the stack. You can still go behind you, do not worry about that, but you are in a row of what looks like almost a mile long of books. Hudson, libraries stress me out. I think I'm going to go back and fiddle with the robot. Okay. Is this not what libraries are usually like? No, it... I mean, it... It basically is. I think I'm having some anxiety um, about... Yeah, I'm just going to go back to the robot. Okay. Cecil kind of shakes their head and looks down at the end of the stack again, blinking. Hudson looks turns down. back around. It, it, it does not seem to know that anything is weird about this library. He doesn't go to libraries. This might be what they're all like. He doesn't know. Cecil, how disoriented would you say you are? Uh, the way that you described that just sounds like... Whoosh! Like a horrible, maybe like, probably feels a little dizzy. Okay. You try to exit the room, and I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw as your balance is slightly thrown off and skewed. Let's roll the die that has been nice to me so far. Twelve. With a 12, you bump into one of the tables and you see a tower of books tumble to the ground. Also, it feels like your leg might bruise later. Oh no! Cecil, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, and Cecil's gonna kind of look up in horror towards the direction of Surrey and Ollie because they did not want to interrupt that moment, but it's sort of like... I'm trying to leave this room surreptitiously, and I just clumsily knocked a whole bunch of stuff over. So Cecil's probably just frozen with their hands out. That's I'm mouthing the words sorry in the general direction of Ollie and Surrey. 
Hudson starts picking up the books. Hudson, you pick up the first book, and unlike the other books you held, this has a cover, and it is gold and silver, and says automaton manual on top. Oh! Hey, I think this is a book about robots. What? Uh, Hudson opens it? You open it. You can read it. It's written in the common language. You open it up to somewhere in the middle, and it says, Startup Directions. And you skim it. I'm not sure how much Hudson absorbs, but you skim it. It basically says that if the battery of the robot hasn't been charged, then you need to sacrifice magical energy to start it up. Uh, so this book says that if we want to start up the robot battery, we have to do a sacrifice. What? 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 Can I, can I, can I see that book? Yeah. And, uh, Cecil will take the book from Hudson and kinda give Hudson a little, like, 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 Cecil has this idea that when you're trying to be friendly to, like, a dude, you give him, like, a little punch on the shoulder, but it's, it's not a very good one. And it's just like, thanks. If you, this is great. And take the book and start wandering back towards the robot. Wait, 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 wait Cecil, like, sacrifice? Cecil just Sacrifice what? Okay. Hudson uh, seems slightly confused by the weird shoulder punch, but also heartwarmed that Cecil is expressing affection. I uh, will also follow Cecil and do, like, mimic the awkward punch as sort of just like, oh, this is how you people do. And, uh, also awkwardly shoulder punches Cecil. Yeah, but you're a lot stronger than Cecil. <laughs> Does this go poorly? <laughs> Roll for damage. <laughs> um, I would say it goes poorly. It's this. I'm it's like the same first, awkward, like, I don't know what to do with my arm thing. Uh, and then, like... <laughs> I feel like Cecil probably loses their bounce a little bit, stumbles just a smidge. And you stumble oh, into gosh, another oh, table of books, and the stacks fall down. Oh, whoa, uh, sorry, buddy. Sometimes I don't know my own strength. No, uh, no, it's fine. I often just sort of wake up with bruises on my legs, and I don't remember how I got them, because sometimes, you know, space and distance maybe you don't know doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? So, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's because you also don't know about how strong you are, especially in your sleep. I'm not, what? I'm, I'm really confused by that, but I'm gonna. Hudson starts booking up the books again. Ali leans into Surrey. We're not that awkward, Ali. When, when, this is the first time in my life where I think the answer is no. Wow. Me too. All right. Are they flirting? 
I don't know. Hudson, as you pick up the books, please roll an insight check. Okay. Hudson is finding all of our books. Nope, that's another nat one. <laughs> Hilarious. You just start putting the books back together haphazardly in a stack. Okay, oh, wait, wait, please don't. Oh, oh, oh just, uh... There's, there's an, there's a specific order to oh, yeah. these things. I, I, I don't mean to be right. uh, that person, you know. But oh, it's, it's fine. You know what? I think that you should have another sandwich. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hudson flips around. Like he's not sure how to accomplish this. <laughs> Hudson, do you think that he's telling you to eat a book? He's not sure. There's just no sandwiches around. He's like, normally, Dougie makes the sandwiches for me. And then, one time, Suri made a sandwich for me. But I don't know where they come from. You don't know where sandwiches come from? Like, you don't know what a sandwich, like, how to make a sandwich. I don't. I think they. I know that they start in the kitchen, but there isn't one here. I am so baffled by your reality, just completely, completely baffled. You, where do you think food comes from? Duh, just a kitchen from kitchens. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, you're not wrong. There is magical food in the kitchen here, so, uh, you know. We could all learn something from Hudson. As y'all start tearing into Hudson about his very strange upbringing, we're going to go back to Cecil. Cecil, you walk out of the library, probably with your nose buried into this tome. Please give me an arcana check, but you can give me it with advantage. No. Ten. Okay, so you basically get what Hudson got, but you interpret it correctly. There needs to be some sort of sacrifice of magical energy to make the robot run properly. You're just not quite sure how that happens or why. Okay, Cecil is not particularly impulsive, so Cecil's going to take the book over to Timothy and just continue reading the book while sort of comparing it visually to Timothy without doing anything to it yet. They definitely don't want to just launch into messing with this robot without fully understanding what they're doing. So you're going to review. Yeah. You look over the diagrams in the book. Some of them are too technologically strange for you to gather. Um, You get the sense that somehow this is both really old and really advanced tech. You know that there are automata that are used in the University of Aria in Gemma, which is the capital city. You know they exist, but for some reason, this seems older. Like the technology for those robots didn't come out for at least a hundred years that you know of. But this text seems much older. 
on top of that, you look at the battery. You've seen sort of things like this. The battery is a crystal core at the center of a robot. And you know that sometimes when you have a Chris car that is acting up or you have a Chris phone that is acting up, the only way to get it to work properly is to give it a magical boost, a surge of magical energy. And you figure out that you could probably get the robot started if you give it some magical energy. Alright, so once Cecil has felt that they understand at least enough to attempt to charge this battery, they are going to still holding the book in their left hand, it's kind of open, uh, and then put their right hand on the crystal core on the chest of the robot and then just cast Thunderwave into it. You push your magic into the robot and a shudder of thunderous lightning thrums through the robot. All three of you that are in the library, you hear the walls start to shake and you see a few books tumble to the floor. In front of you, Cecil, the energy courses through the runes and gears that are underneath the surface of the robot and the eyes start to flicker in and out, in and out, in and out. There's a few hand motions as if stretching digits. Cecil doesn't smile a whole lot, but now Cecil has this big, goofy, goofy grin on. First, when the robot's eyes settle, they go from white to yellow, and then a violent red. The crystal core at the center bursts with red, violent light. The fingernails start to glow, and you hear gears and whirring, and fans start to release. There is a puff of steam exerted from the back, like a vent, and the robot tilts its head around once, looks at you, blinks twice, raises its hands up, puts them back down, and then starts to dance around, starts to move its limbs to and from doing the actual robot, and then pauses. The eyes go completely pale and then settle into silver. Uh, the amber crystal core starts to turn the same color and the robot looks at you and says, Hello, I am Silver. I am an autonomous created machine by Lizbeth Harkin. Welcome to the hideout, New Heroes. How may I assist you? Oh, oh, well, uh, Silver? Yes, my name is Silver. You pronounce it so well. I'll have to break that to Hudson. Um, hi. Who is Hudson? Is this someone that I should be aware of? No, I, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm sorry, can we start over? Yes, we can. Generally it is customary when someone introduces themselves for you also to introduce yourself. Not doing so is very rude. I know, that's why I wanted to start over because I realized I messed this up. All right, we shall start over. <gasps> oh. Resetting. The robot's head goes down, and then it comes back up and looks at you. 
Reset started. Not actually. That was a joke. Cecil looked really concerned. And now just looks really sheepish. So come on, what is your name? I would like to know. Uh, my, my name is Cecil. I didn't mean to be rude. Yeah. Cecil. Adding to directory log. Cecil. Full of anxiety, kind of sweaty. Nice skin, though. File entry made. Uh, with every adjective that was just applied to Cecil, the first two there was sort of like a little bit of sort of affronted crawling within themselves that was happening with their posture, and then with nice skin, there was even more crawling within themselves, but maybe a little bit of like, maybe their cheeks go a little bit darker green. Cecil of the small pores. Cecil, you are the bearer of the Crystal Gauntlet, once belonging to Oriana Sortooth. Welcome to the hideout. Are you here to explain to us what we're supposed to do? Are you implying that my entire existence is simply to no. tell you what to do? That would be an incredibly sad thing. Both for no, you I and didn't mean for me. I am a person with free I... will. But if you desire help, aid, clarification on anything that's happening in the hideout, absolutely I will be willing to assist you and... There is a pause and a screen floats out in front of Silver's eyes. It's holographic and there's a bunch of dials on it. There are five of you. One of which is a cat. I heard that. I would recognize that sound anywhere. No one likes you win. What? How you recognize me? I haven't been here before. You have been here before. It has simply been not enough time. Cecil's trying real hard not to giggle now. What do y'all mean, not enough time? I mean that I could have lived without seeing you again because you annoy me. All right, this is probably also maybe really uh, forward and tactless, but I really think you're neat. <laughs> that is very sweet of you, but... You see Silver's eyes roll back and then come back down. It appears that I am missing some parts of my database. It has been... over 400 years since my last activation, and I am sorely in need of updating. Well, oh, uh, Cecil's eyes are just real wide. There's just, this is just a lot for Cecil. Uh, well, I, I guess I mean it as I, I'm trying to think of a way to, to express this. Um, I feel like we're going to have a lot in common. Because I also think the cat's annoying. But, but also I really think robots are really cool. And I, I and so neat just means I, I think you're... Thank you, though I prefer to be called a person, as I am one. But I also like cats, just not that one. Me too! Y'all done insulting me? The cat gets down from the desk, which is right beside Silver, and sort of walks over to sit next to Cecil. Well, I don't remember shit about this robot, but I already don't like it. 
That does not matter to me. In fact, you are an annoying piece of shit. Celsa's gonna put their hands on their hips and look down at the cat. And besides, Silver just said they're a person and not a robot, so don't say that. Fine, they're a person. I'm like this person, and I am not a piece of shit. I suppose it is rude of me to say so. But right now, I wish to talk to other companions. You have others with you that I have sent. I do. They're gonna- You should bring them to me. Yeah, they're in the other room. I'm gonna go get them. They're gonna think that you're really neat too. Yes. Okay, hold up. I'll be right back. I will wait here. Maybe. And then, uh, Cecil's gonna rush back over to the library. Where quite a lot of time has passed, so I think I can probably <laughs> back off for a minute. Ollie and Suri. I will allow you to do one of two things. One of you can give the other the help action on an arcana or insight check, or you can roll separately. Um, I'll give the help action to Suri on the arcana check. Thank you for that, because one of them was a one. Uh, 17. With a 17, you look at the music box and you sort of start to hum. You see the music note starts to glow. Oh, um, wow, okay, so either we need to be louder or longer or more of us. I think that that just makes scientific sense because if I hum, it starts with goes dim, but either, yeah. All right. Um, is Ollie going to suggest playing music, or is he going to wait and like just sees what Suri uh, does? He's he's like reaching for his phone, but he doesn't want to interrupt any of Suri's thoughts. So he's like, okay. Well, I mean, we could all try that if you want. Um, okay. I mean, we could also try playing music from our, our phones. I don't know if it works in here, though, to be honest with you. So, Suri has opened her mouth, and as soon as you say phone, she shuts it and is like, yes, no, that's a super smart idea. You should definitely check. I don't have my phone anymore. Oh, no. Right, no. Um, uh, but you should definitely try to play some music. You, yours gets very, very well, what loud. If, what it's... if we did both? What if I played some music and then we sang with the music, just to be sure. I don't know if I know any of your songs. Well, how about you name a song and I'll see if I have it. I'm worried about copyright infringement. <laughs> what about that song from that movie that you like? Oh. My mind is just like, hold on, hold on. Nuance has heard of songs before in her life ever, even one time. Um, we can also like have Derek write a song for this, which would be super cute. Okay, so Ollie pulls out his phone. One of the last people to actually still have a phone. Hey now, Suri has a phone. And... It's just in multiple pieces. It's like got that classic, you know, the that cool Gen Z look of just being cracked all over the screen. Um, 
So Ollie pulls out his phone and uh, starts up a song that he knows that Suri knows so that they can sing it together. Sometimes it feels like all we have is to hang our heads and cry When stormy clouds seem endlessly to overtake the sky and the night time seems to last forever. Don't know, know how we'll survive. But I'll hold you close and we'll remember. We won't give up the fight. If I could reach the stars, I'd save their life for you. So that when we're apart, shine will see you through and i know that wishing on a star won't make our dreams come true but whether near or far i see that brightness see that light in you when you start to sing uh, the music note on top briefly lights up and then goes dim. Oh, huh. All right, so clearly we have to be missing something. We're probably missing a lot of things. Oh, I mean, fair. we can't even read any of these books. I know. That's the worst. It is the worst. You're completely correct about that. Uh, so, I mean, we could try to read more books in this library, but it would take us literally the rest of our lives. Uh, what do you want to do? I hate to say it, but maybe we should find other places besides the library. Yeah, I mean, that we've found, what, two keys so far? There might be a bunch more. Oh, you're going to love Suri and Ollie. They're great. So Silver walks into the room first, looks around, sees you. My sensors are picking up on increased hormone levels. Hi, uh, hi everyone. This, uh, is Silver. This is Suri, and this is Ollie. Hello, it's nice to meet the remainder of the new hero. Silver's a person and a robot. Hi. I'm sorry, the what? The new hero, the bearer of the artifacts. Are there only four of you? Uh, as far as we know, I, I think. What, what do you mean heroes exactly? I mean, like, bearers of the artifacts, I, I guess, technically. But here... Well, only those worthy, or, you know, the correct aptitude will inherit the artifacts. I do not know how the system actually works, but I know that is the major basis of it. Worthy? Silver, can you tell us about you? Uh, like, where do you come from, and how do you know all this stuff? I am an automata, created by Lizbeth Harkin. Wow. That makes you hundreds of years old. Over 400 years old, I think. Over 600, to be exact. Wow. That's amazing. Anyway, I once served as the companion to the heroes 
in some of their work. Have there been other heroes? Other heroes. Elizabeth Harkin was a hero. Well, I suppose, but not other bearers of the artifacts. So we're the first since uh, Elizabeth Harkin and all of her friends had the artifacts with, with the next people who've had them? As far since. as I know, correct. As I have not been activated since the last time I saw them. That can't be. Oh. I mean, Elizabeth Harkin and, 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 and Varnum and, and, and how are we the next? They're heroes. I'm Suri. We can't even open a box. You could be a hero to anybody at any time. Thank you, Hudson. That's that's really sweet. Gonna say something like that, but that's, that's good. I'm sorry, Ellie. What? <laughs> Nothing. I am detecting. Nope. It's totally fine. Jealousy. No idea what you're talking about. We could uh have another thing happened right now yes Good. right I, I don't know if you know silver hi um maybe things are different from when you had heroes before but i think maybe for the sake of everyone's sanity uh maybe if you are sort of you know cataloging hormone levels and things if maybe you, you keep like an internal log of that stuff and I think uh, some of it, you, you know, I, I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling here. I can explain what you're feeling here if you um, would like me to do so. But otherwise, I shall internally record them and then record them physically later. Yes, no, that's a really good idea. I agree. Cecil, you're super smart. Thank you very much for pointing that out. Cecil just looks really sweaty. And uncomfortable. Now, how familiar are you with the hideout? Um, not very. We've explored two. I've explored two rooms. We found the kitchen, and then the library, and you. Accessing memory banks. Please hold. Opening file. Recorded message. Silver opens his mouth and sound starts to pour out, but his lips do not move. Hello, if you're receiving this message, I'm Lisbeth Hawkin, the creator of this automata that you see before you. If you have managed to activate it, that means you've gained access to the hideout, which 95 to 99% of the time means that you are the new bears of the artifact. We have left this hideout as a way to both, well, be a base for all of you, as there should be multiple of you, as well as a test of sorts. There will be places in the hideout you will not be able to access until you've completed our other tests, of which Wynn will shortly be able to teach you about ice pairs. However, you should also know that Wynn by now should have found you, is limited in what he knows and can act upon. Those limits shall be removed as you continue 
learning, and growing. Until then, much of his memory is sealed. And now I must end this message because Bonham did not want me to send this message. He thought that it was be absolutely apt for the new bearers to just go in it alone like we did, prove themselves, and I think that that's just silly, but a lot of what that man says is. Anyway, I wish you the best of luck, and be safe. Goodbye. Wait. Ending message. Is Win a robot too? Win is a cat. That was Elizabeth Harkin. We heard her voice. That has got to be the oldest voicemail in existence. Suri's face just kind of goes on a face journey right there, but she does not speak. Good afternoon, Varnum High. My most humble apologies at cutting into your class time. However, the headmaster very firmly requests that Gavin Kruar please report to the headmaster's office immediately. We know you are still on campus. If you come forward post-haste, the repercussions of your actions will not be as harsh. To anyone else who may have witnessed Mr. Kruar's exploits this morning in the Divine Magic Vestibule, we do so hope that you remember that in order to be authorized to summon death gods, you need the appropriate permission slips. And all warlocks are to register their patrons at the Guidance Office, even if it's only enchanted weaponry. And a big thank you to Peter, one of our pals from our old home game, for submitting his character. We miss you, Peter! Now back to class with you all, after some words from our local community sponsors. I'm Nuance, voice of Sarasissa, here to tell you about Lightbox Studios. Look, it's hard enough to love your body, and harder still to love the parts of it, marks, scars, even scales, that the whole world tells us are wrong and should be covered up. Lightbox helps you stop focusing on those so-called imperfections and start accepting all of your parts, even though that can be really hard. It's actually something I still struggle with, which is why I'm booking a session with Lightbox in 2021 post-COVID. The studio is queer-owned, anti-racist, gender-affirming, and accessible. Their mission is to offer body-positive photography to empower all bodies, not just straight, cis, white, or abled. If you can get to the Boston area for fun, validating intimate portraits, head to lightbox.studio slash fasttimesdnd, and anyone who books through that link gets $100 off their session fee, $300 off any collection, and hopefully a new appreciation for themselves. Welcome, Mistorians. Have you ever wanted to know the sad backstory behind Chuck E. Cheese? Or why Blakely was so bad? Then Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries is the podcast for you. Join host Austin and Brenda on a rollicking journey through obscure nerdy topics. We update with new episodes every Wednesday. Find us wherever you get podcasts. Beep, beep, boop. What did the message say? We, we can explore, and exploration will get us so far, but there are going to be some places that we can't get to until we take those tests, and then the better we do, 
the more Wynn will be able to remember. Is, is that about right? Did I get that right? Yeah, I hope there's no, like, algebra test, though, because uh, it's definitely my worst subject. I think that if the heroes of Cisternia um, put an algebra test in their secret magic hideout, it would be very unfair, and I would take it for you. Aw, thanks, Suri. You're so smart. Thank you. Are you going to do it then? Explore the hideout? I think that's the plan. Then let's get started. Would you like the directory of the hideout? Yes. Yes, please. Accessing data files. Silver raises up his hands before him and a hologram diagram of three layers of the hideout opens up in front of him. On the first level, which is to say the one that we are on, there are the following doors. And points to the doors in the center room. That one is Harkin's laboratory. The one that we are in now is obviously the library. Since the door to the kitchen was open, I assume you've already found the kitchen. And then at the center there, that is Isadiah Barnum's bedroom. Proceeding to second level. The diagram rises up. We have a single hallway. And along these hallways are several rooms. Each one of these rooms is a bedroom of a different hero or a guest bedroom. They should be neatly labeled when you get up there, so I do not have to waste my time telling you. But each one of the heroes had a room here. Now, proceeding down to base. Rebooting. It appears that I cannot tell you what is in the basement. There is a block on my databases. That's right. It's spiders. I bet it's an algebra test. <gasps> you think so? We'll, we'll take a look at that. Maybe oh, we're no. supposed to figure it out for ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, I think you're gonna need to go in the basement well, first. You know, let's 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 cross that basement when we we get to it. You know, let's, or something. Okay, that's not the right expression. Maybe we should go look at the other things here. Well, where do we start? Well, I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? If we're supposed to be these heroes, you know, and we have these costumes and things, and we probably should know a little bit more about what we're supposed to do. Sure, let's go uh, check out the bedrooms. Okay, do we want to start with Isadias? If everyone has bedrooms, does that mean we're supposed to move here? Oh, I can't. My parents would never let me move out. Definitely never into a place with... N no. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's okay, Suri. You can move out. We won't be mad. Hudson, I really do have my own house. Yeah, I know. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We've got other... We have bedrooms to look at. Yeah, let's... Let's do that. Upstairs we go. So we don't want to check out uh, Isadias first? Because that's here on the first floor. Or do we want to split up? Oh, yeah. Let's, uh... uh... 
Oh, he seems to be very interested in the option of splitting up to check out a bedroom, but doesn't want to say it that Hudson way. Hudson is already on his way up the stairs. Hmm. I really like your idea, Siri. It's really smart. Right. We should... Um, so I was going to check out uh, Zadaya's room right here. Um, but Hudson's going... So how are we splitting up? I'll, I'll, I'll... Well, since Varnum is... Oh, my... no, you should go. Yeah, no, that's fair. Person, I should also go into that room. Obviously. No, that makes sense. I'll go... Ollie, I will accompany you. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, should I go upstairs then? Or Perfect. What if there's an algebra test that Hudson has to take and Suri's not there? <laughs> I have only known Hudson for about 20 minutes, but I do not believe that having him alone is a good idea. Oh, no, that's a really good point. All right, I guess I'll go. Uh, um, I'll follow Hudson. Let me know what you find, Ollie. Yeah. Okay. We will, I promise. Thanks, Silver. Hudson and Sarasissa, when you get up to the second floor... You enter a long hallway and there are 13 doorways. Each one looks slightly different. And there are six on the left and right side going down. And then there's one door at the center. From what you can see at the entrance of the hallway, on the right side, there is a gray door. The one past that is gold. The one past that is black and looks slightly damaged. Then there's a brass door and a plain door and then another plain door so suri is probably going to uh take out the key that she found and just kind of look to see if it matches any of the doors if you don't know where to start finding out if you have a decent place to start is usually a good start so the first door you pass on the right is a gray door and it has an sort of complicated twisting iron knob and it does look very similar to the key that you're holding. Hudson, Hudson, oh, look, what? I think I think we have this key. Oh, great. Use it. Yeah. Uh, does it have a nameplate on it? This room does not have a door plate, but the gray door doesn't look damaged. So yeah, uh, Suri is going to uh, insert the key into the knob and see if we they can get a uh, if we can get a door open. There is a click as you turn the key. It does indeed fit. So with big bright eyes and a giant smile, because she is figuring out this um, you know puzzle box hideout area, she opens the door. Um, she is not thinking about traps or anything like that. She's just opening the door because this is great. You open the door and the room on the other side is a pitch black void. There is darkness so deep that you cannot see the floor or the ceiling or the walls. It looks like an endless void. The only thing that appears in the room is a large chest at the center. It's plain, made of wood with iron wrought sides. 
and it just sits at the center of the room, the only thing you can see. Hey, great job, Suri. Suri yelps and kind of flings herself backwards. Um, uh, um, okay. I guess maybe it's just dark. Hudson, do you still have a phone? Uh, no, I lost mine in the cavern. Yeah, um, alright, well, I guess. I do have detect magic, does that? I'm pretty sure we're just gonna get yeah, it's it's magic. It's definitely magic. There's some serious magic here. Go ahead and cast it. I'm gonna clap a hand on uh Suri's shoulder, just a comforting hand, and then cast detect magic on the room. So your senses spread out and you cast detect magic. The first thing you notice is the magical artifacts on both of you two flare up. And those light up as because detect magic can tell you what kind of magic it is right? yeah it says um you faintly glow a color corresponding to the school of magic you detect so the ones that you are holding flare up in a rainbow of colors just every type of magic you could possibly think of is there but you spread it out into the room and you detect illusion magic and then the chest itself doesn't appear to be magic but there's definitely something inside that is magic that you can sense but since you cannot see it you do not know what kind it is okay um hudson's just going to walk right into the room you walk in and you step onto the black void and it's firm that is so creepy to see. Hudson turns back uh, at Sari and says, I think it might be an illusion, so I, we're probably safe. But like, I could carry you if you're afraid. Um, would you mind just holding my hand? Not at all. He holds out his hand. All right, she caught, she's definitely clinging. She's very afraid, but She's supposed to be a hero, damn it. And, and, and heroes, heroes can do this, it's fine. So she's clinging, but taking very small steps forward. I'm going to say that at this point is when the rest of you with Silver come up the stairs. You're such a fucking troll, Persephone, and I need you to know that. <laughs> yes, I am. So you see the hallway and one of the doors that's open and uh, Ollie, you can definitely see Hudson and Suri holding hands as they step through the doorway. I imagine she's doing one of those like one hand is holding his hand, the other one is like clinging to his arm, just like in like, oh my God, I'm a girl going through a haunted house thing and clinging to my boyfriend. The girl one. The girl one. <laughs> As opposed to Nuance, who can't go into haunted houses because her instinct is to punch when she is scared. So we go into the room because I don't... Suri's not noticing anything but, like, the inky black void of deep space that is trying to suck them in, even without the sucking part. Yeah, if it, if it looks to us like they're walking into some dark, creepy void... I feel like Cecil will call out. Ah! So, so from the entrance to the hallway, the door opens so you can see them walk oh, okay. in, but you're not at an angle where you can see what's in the room yet. Then Cecil says nothing and just looks 
aside, like out of the corner of their eye to see how Ollie is reacting to this. Ollie is, uh, <laughs> Ollie is going through a series of of different negotiations in his mind right now. Firstly, he's like, I know that Suri doesn't like him. She's like, basically told me as much. But this keeps happening. But it must be a friendship thing, right? Yeah, it's totally a friendship thing. It's because they're friends and that's totally fine. And I'm not the kind of person who has a problem with someone having friends. Friends are great. That's awesome. That's totally fine. But his face just looks like pale <laughs> and stricken. Um, Ollie? Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> you know, I... You know, never mind, maybe, maybe I'll... Uh... No, say it. I'm... not quite sure if it's really forward of me to say this. Um... And, and I don't want to run the risk of, of, you know, walking into a room and talking about hormone levels, but are, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that was the most perfect yeah in the history of yes. Uh, so... Okay, I mean, obviously, I, I like Suri, and I, I think she's really amazing and really great and really wonderful, but at the same time, like, we're just friends, and I don't want to be weird, and it's totally fine, and I'm just, I'm just being weird about it, and it's, it's not, it's not her fault, it's totally my fault, and it's on me, and I just need to just shut up and get over it. I know we don't know each other all that well yet, and this is definitely not my area of expertise to even comment on. But if you like, like her, and, and I have no idea if you do, because I, I mean, you're, you know, you're obviously really cool, so you probably have a ton of, you know, uh, like likes going on. Yeah, uh, uh, I, that's nope. That doesn't happen for me. I, I have a suggestion. I believe that when humans like, like someone, they press their mouth orifices together. That that's a that's a that's a that's a you know not not every orifice. am I wrong am, am not I wrong? not everyone wants to orifice <laughs> connect your orifice to mine this is orifice ASMR well Ollie do you wish to connect orifices with oh. Sir? Well, okay, you, I you appreciate know. the advice, Silver. I really do. I think that you're you're onto something there, um, and I am really excited to learn more from you about mouth orifice Orifices. connection in the future. <laughs> I mean, I am far from an expert, but I am glad that I could assist you, Thank you. new friend. Thank you very much, Silver. You are most welcome. Meanwhile. Suri and Hudson walk into the room, Suri clinging to Hudson because you're stepping onto an endless void that looks like a bottomless pit. 
and you make it to the chest at the center easily. Oh, wow, we really, we really did it. That was, thank you, Hudson. I know, it's just falling off from the, in the train graveyard. Um, it, it was really scary. I fell for a really long time. Um, and this just kind of made me think of that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a big baby. Sorry, you're not a big baby. You're really brave. You're... Once again, Suri is feeling bad for all of the times that she has judged Hudson because Hudson is very dumb, but he's one of the sweetest people she has ever met. And now she's just like, I... You are a really good friend, and I'm glad that you have so many friends, because everybody deserves to have a friend like you. Oh, thanks, Suri. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm very lucky. Suri's just gonna need to take a moment, because... There's only one person who's ever thanked her for being their friend, and that person exists on the internet, and kind of only sort of counts. Hudson does not seem to notice that Suri's taking a moment. He's totally oblivious and uh, kicks the box very gently with his foot, sort of like one of those uh, testing it out things. When you look down after kicking it to check if it opens or if something is going to go off or whatever, there is, you notice, an inscription above where there is a lock, like a tiny um, keyhole. And it says... Bravery in the face of fear yields results. Suri, I think this box is for you. For me? Because Suri is not looking at the, at the box at all. What, why do you think it's for me? Well, it says, uh, bravery in the face of fear yields results. So you're being very brave right now. So I'll, therefore, the box must be for you. And her whole face just lights up. It just, it really does. And she kneels down in front of the box to open it. How big is this box? This box is about four feet by four feet. It's it's a large treasure chest. Um, so here, let, let me see, I guess, if, if I can open it. And she's gonna try to open it. It opens. What's inside? Gives you lift the top of the box and you see that the same inky void that's around you is at the bottom of the box. Uh, Suri is going to take a very, very deep breath and plunge her hand in. I can okay. be brave. I can be brave. I can be brave. You plunge your hand into the darkness and you feel, at first, nothing because it's air. And then your fingers brush the bottom of the box and you feel first several cool things like cool temperature wise you find a smith cd feel like they're made of metal and then you touch something soft and pliant but not moving it's just soft and pliant all right suri is going to make a pouch of her skirt uh and lift the things out and uh put them into her skirt so that they can look at them outside of the room it just feels like taking a four foot Ah, uh, chest is going to be very unwieldy. So as you pull objects out, you can see them. Okay. What 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 do we have? So you pull out several gold coins. Oh. Cool. 
And then you reach in again and pull out several more gold coins. All right. You reach in and you pull the soft, supple object up, and it's a plain glove. A single plain glove. Huh. Weird. Oh, must be a golfing uh, glove. It, it, I don't think so. It doesn't look like a, a golfing glove. Does it look more like an opera glove? I just made that up, I realized. I'm sorry. It looks like a leather um, wrist length worker's glove, essentially. Huh. It's black. There's only one? Uh, is there anything else in there? Stick your hand in and find out again. Terrifying way to say it. All right. So uh, Suri's going to stick her hand in uh, and feel around uh, and take anything else she finds in there. Then, before, but before she gets up to leave, she's going to put her hand into the glove and do the same thing just in case. Okay. So you pull up more and more coins until you have about 300 in the pouch of your dress. You put the glove in and you reach back into the void. And your fingers brush now a tiny latch. Ooh, I'm gonna undo the latch. Oh, I wish Ollie were here. He'd be so excited to open to find out where this goes to. You open the latch and pull the object out. It's cloth, and you lift it up. And it's a bag. Ooh. It has a velvet lining that is red, black, and gold. Fancy. Uh, can you, Hudson, can you still see magic? Yeah, yeah. Is this, is this bag magic? Is this a bag of holding? Uh, yeah, the bag and the glove are both magic. Um... Can I roll Arcana to see if I can figure out what these probably are then? Sure. All right. Yeah, uh, 16? With a 16, you open the bag and peer into it. And you remember what the boss said and stick your hand in. And mm -hmm. it keeps going and going and going. This is indeed a bag of holding. All right. So I'm there with my arm, like, all the way in the... This is a bag of holding. It definitely is. I mean... And I don't think that... I I don't know if there's anything in it currently, but we can put stuff in there. Aren't all bags bags of holding? Because if it wasn't a bag of holding, it would be... A tube? I mean, again, your logic is... I can't... Um, I'm gonna... Sorry's just gonna look at a glove. It's just easier that way. The glove, on the other hand, you sort of turn it over and back, and you can't figure out what is magic about it. Okay, all right. Uh, and then Suri is going to put all 300 gold pieces into the bag of holding, and will one more, one time more, um, uh, go through just to make sure that that they haven't, she hasn't missed anything in the uh, in the chest itself. Nope, uh, you got everything. And then. Hudson, I have a great idea. Come on. Uh, and she's actually going to run out uh, too excited to remember to be afraid and is going to head toward down the stairs and is going to run into the group. Uh, guess what we found? Ali, Ali, put out your hands. Uh, okay. Uh, and she's going to come over 
and and tip the the bag of holding into Ollie's hands and turn it inside out. So just all 300 gold coins rain into his, well, start turning into his hands and then like all over the floor because it's not a very good plan. All these gold coins just start tumbling over into your hands over and over and over. And then at the end, a soft glove falls onto your palms. Uh, what? Uh, Hudson comes out of the room. Where did you get this? While this is happening. There, there was a box in a room and it was all dark and it looked like a void and I was super scared. But then uh, Hudson uh, let me hold his hand so that we could go in. And then I was rewarded for being brave. And it was just all this money in that glove in the bag of holding. And and as soon as I saw, I thought that would be fun. And look. Hudson express- <laughs> Hudson's expression is just I like- I love it. Very proud. Like he, like he was like somehow the person that did this. It's just like very happy for Surrey. Hudson made it possible. Hudson made it possible. He says nothing. That that glove seems very familiar. Do you know it? I it's, could analyze it. It's transmutation magic. That's all that that Hudson knew. Sure. I I hand the glove to Silver. Silver holds the glove. Analyzing. And a beam of light comes out of his eyes. Analyzing. Oh, I see. This is Baldwin's glove. Oh. Oh, wow. And then there's another hole in my databases. I cannot remember many details about Baldwin. Can I remember things about the other heroes? Maybe it's a glove of hand-holding. I only remember certain specific things. I know that Harkin made me, but I do not know... I'm sorry. This is distressing to me. Huh. Is there damage in your memory? Silver looks very, um, looks kind of upset. Anyway, um, this is a glove that assists with lock picking. Baldwin was a skilled thief. Uh, Cecil, who had reached down to pick up one of the gold coins and kind of like take a look at it, um, when Silver starts to get kind of angsty, uh, will reach up and kind of very gingerly, there, there's like some tentativeness to it, sort of touch Silver on the upper part of Silver's arm. Uh, are you? I don't know how to. What are you feeling right now? I am feeling a little sad that I do not remember much of my former friends. I'm sorry, little buddy. That sounds really sad. This we should be move on. Can help you. We should move on. Hands, Ollie, the glove. Ollie takes the glove. Oh. I wonder if I can pick the lock with this. Uh, for your purposes, that gives a... As long as you have the glove, and it is attuned to you, it has to be attuned. Um, which, for our purposes, by the way, I'm not going to make them go through the attunement thing, because I think it's ridiculous. Just, you have a limit of three magical items you can have on you at one time, and that includes your artifact. This gives a plus one to sleight of hand. Um, yeah, Suri's going to kneel down and pick up the the gold coins. Question. 
So these gold coins, these are like 600-year-old gold coins. Now, if you could please give me a history check, you'll see how much maybe these real, and they are real gold coins, could be worth. Dirty 20. So with a dirty 20 on your history check, you remember that basically the entire world has not been on the gold standard. Most places are not. There's still actual gold that's like kept around that countries have similar to Fort Knox here. But we have generally economically, Cisternia as a world has different variants of gold as paper notes and just kept the sort of names of the archaic money as a tribute to the old system. Actual gold coins are worth a lot more than gold notes are. But to capitalize on that, you would either need to find a gold trader to trade it in, sort of like you can do with jewelry in real life. Or you'd have to take these very old gold pieces to a bank and have them converted. Men with your dirty 20, you know that that would be seen as complicated. Also, regardless of their actual physical weight and measure of gold, the fact that it is a 600-year-old coin would also add additional value, potentially, because, you know, historical stuff, yep. which just complicates this even more. But still, 300 literal gold pieces. It just feels good, all right? Yeah. Feels great. <laughs> Ali, was it good for you? It's been really good so far, so let's just keep it going. Yeah. So uh, Suri's gonna cook. Uh, is going to uh, pick them back up um, and put them all into the uh, bag of holding, and then probably just also shove the bag of holding at Ollie. So that that's one room we got open. Did you manage to open up Farnum's? No. Uh, we tried, but uh, the I couldn't pick the lock. But this actually might help. So. Is, is really great and useful and you're great and uh useful is the wrong word but awesome thanks no this one actually it was i don't know if i would have been able to make myself go in uh if, if hudson hadn't been there so he gets a lot of the credit too he really does thanks thanks hudson sir he's really brave and i'm pretty sure she could do it on her own yeah if uh these Old heroes are not alive anymore. Are we allowed to take the gold? At this point, I think it's archaeology. Or not archaeology, like history? I think it's actually totally okay. And hear me out, I've got whole logic for this. So we are the heroes who are basically like heirs. They were inheriting this stuff and they put this stuff here with like different tests and traps and stuff and if we get it then we totally deserve it that was a test of bravery it said so <laughs> that's a good point well i, I mean food 
food is, you know, a lot different than taking treasure. But they didn't have any heirs, right? Seffi, I should check. Seffi, did they have heirs? Roll a history check. Can, can we all roll a history check? Yeah. Oh, good. Because I got a 10, so if other people wanted to roll history checks, that'd be great. Uh, my history check, I have 18 total. You know that Isadiah Barnum had no heirs. That was something that always frustrated certain historians. It also frustrated people that have been like working with museums about his estate and a lot of other things. The others, however, Elias and Hecate were always very private about their personal lives. So no one really knows if they have heirs and if they do, they're not publicly known. Ollie, you remember that there are a ton of people that claim they're related to Callum throughout the world. A ton. Some of it may be true, some of it may not be true, uh, but Callum was known to be very heroic, very brave, but there are rumors that he was also very prolific. Oriana doesn't have kids or never had kids. Caraman took a vow of celibacy after he became a paladin, said that it was his duty to focus on his calling rather than anything outside of it. And that was not enforced by his religion, which was the devotion to Sinir, but it was something that he felt he had to do personally. No one knows anything about Eris. Uh, people and historians know she existed, but one of the most frustrating things is that they don't know anything about her. They don't know where she came from. They don't know when she joined the party. They know nothing. Um, and as far as Elizabeth Harkin and Elaine Havisham, it is widely known that the tragedy of Elaine Havisham and Elizabeth Harkin is well known. It's the topic of movies. Pierced Heart, the movie, is a tragic film based on their lives and the loss of Elaine in the final battle against Array, the neighboring country. So they never had kids. So basically, either there's potential heirs that are all claiming to be this, or if there are heirs, they keep it secret. So I've read the history book on this and uh, from the research I've done and things, uh, I think the only person who might claim to have heirs as uh, people descending from Callum's line. Uh, but there's, well, there, there could be a lot of those, but none of them are here right now. And possession, nine-tenths of the law, all that. Shall I chime Please. in? Please. This hideout, well, one of the things that I know about this hideout is that it was preserved for future use. I believe that anything here is a valued resource for anyone that is part of the new heroes. Therefore, you should feel no guilt about taking objects by my dead friends. 
Well, I didn't until literally just then. Did I say something that was incorrect? Nope. No, you're technically correct. Which is the best kind of correct. I believe that the best kind of correct is just being correct. What does a technicality mean about anything? Oh, it was a joke. Is not a very funny one, but I'm not the funny one. Hudson is. What? Exactly. Um, well, should we go down and see if you can get in Varnum's room, or did we want to explore more up here, or...? Either, both, whatever, um, you know, whatever you want to do. I, I think that probably we're going to need to find more of the sort of specific keys and things. Right. Yeah, so, uh, alright, your turn, Cecil. My turn for what? Oh. I kind of think maybe, I know we'll cover more ground if we split up, but if we really are heroes, and this is like our heroic awakening thing, I think maybe we should stay together and experience all of this as a team. Is that dumb? Oh, that's probably dumb. I'm sorry. I don't think it's ever dumb to want to spend more time with your buddies. I am also a buddy. I am a boy buddy. Yeah. Oh, oh. that's good to know. Thank you. Huh. I've decided that I enjoy it. Uh, Hudson holds up his hand to high five Silver. So Hudson raises his hand as a high five and Silver looks at his hand, reaches up to touch your hand, then curls his fingers down and just holds it. Aww. Is this what we are supposed to do? Hold hands? No, but this is pretty nice. Is it? Okay, I shall hold your hand now. Oh, that's very cute. That's super cute. Yeah, it's really cute. Well we should try it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Suri yeah. will absolutely hold up her hand. Like... That's just super cute. Silver craps it with the other hand. Alex <laughs> like shit. Ali <laughs> tried so hard. So hard. This is I approve of this activity. It is fun getting close to my new friends. Hudson holds out his other hand for Ollie. Ollie puts his hand on Hudson's hand. Entwining fingers. Gives him a a, a deep and impassioned look. Says this is really nice. <laughs> yeah, super. Yeah, nice. it is, isn't it? I love you, little buddy. Uh, Cecil, do you want to get in on this? I have no fucking idea what you all are doing. We're holding hands. They're all holding in hands the now. <laughs> you basically just watched uh, Hudson try to high five Silver. Silver just gently grabbed his hand, interlacing fingers like they were like holding hands and then Suri was like or uh, Ollie was like oh we could we could do that and he holds out his hand for Suri and then uh Suri holds out her hand and then Silva grabs Suri's hand and then Hudson felt bad for Ollie so he held out his hand for Ollie so now they're all holding hands we must complete the circle if you are willing
Anyway, we should move on quickly. So you walk up and down the hallway, taking stock of what's on each door, and you get a closer look at them. So the first door that you open doesn't have a nameplate on it, but the second one does, and it says Karaman, and it has a gold door. The next one has no door plate, but is black and has a large claw mark from the top right to the bottom, dug inches deep, almost through the entire door. After that is a brass door and it has a matching plate that says Oriana on it. The door on the next one is plain brown and the one after that is also plain. And that's the right side. On the left side, there is a burgundy door and there is a plate on it, but whatever was written there is scratched off. It looks like someone took a knife to it and just scratched it over and over and over again. The next door is white and has a nameplate and it says Callum on it. After that is the burned red door, which looks exceedingly damaged, but does have a nameplate. It says Elias. The one after that also has a plate and is blue and slightly damp looking and it says Hecate on it. The next door has a plain door like the other one and then the last one has a plain door as well. However, there is what looks to be a plate on it or there was. It looks like there's a mark where a plate was taken off. And then at the center of the, the hall, there are two double doors with a pair of crystal knobs at the center, but the doors themselves look plain. All right, well, I'm gonna try this door because it's got Karaman's name on it, and I'm pretty sure that's my dude. Go for it. Hudson tries to open the door. It's locked. You know this is weird? This place doesn't have a bathroom. It does have a bathroom. Oh, where? Half of the kitchen. Only one though? There were a lot of people living here. There's also bathrooms in the, 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 the... Basement? Rebooting. I cannot say. What if it's like a huge, awesome bathhouse? Like a spa? Like a spa? My mom's told me about going to those. I don't know, but a lot of my buddies used to hide stuff in their bathrooms. What do you hide in a bathroom? Usually they would keep it like in their medicine cabinet, like in behind the mirror, over the sink. What? What? Oh, are you talking about steroids? Uh, I don't know. They just had like bottles that they would keep in there. Oh. Well, okay, let's keep opening doors until we can't do it anymore. Uh, you go to the door at the end of the hall and you turn a knob and you realize it's unlocked. As far in my uh, imagination, you just tried to turn a knob. You haven't actually opened the door. So. All right. Just making sure that suddenly the doors haven't shifted slightly open. Mm-hmm. Um, which one do we want to try first then? 
uh, let's go big or go home. I mean, we are going to need to go home eventually, I think. I don't Speak for yourself. think about that right now. Hudson's downstairs. <laughs> uh, all right, let's check out the, the ones at the end then. You go up to the double doors and you turn both knobs and open it. The room lights up. At the back end, you see high crystal windows casting light and rainbows across the floor. They're lined in gold frames and they look over a vast, extremely lavish room. There's a crystal chandelier that glows with arcane power at the center of the room. It is massive and has ribbons of pale silver that spread from it and up and across the ceiling and then down the edges of the room. There are no actual walls, or at least that's what you think at first. And then you notice that beyond the windows and their frames, that the rest of the room has glass walls. And at first you think that what's on the outer corners is paint or painting of clouds, but then they start to move. And the entire room is surrounded by floating clouds as if you are above them. There are couches of velvet lined with gold trim. There's a three panel room divider in front of a golden door on the other edge that is painted with flowers and also the flowers are lined with the same gold color. If you look at the edges of the room, the corners where it's transparent, there are statues of cherubs that look like they're holding up a transparent wall and lines of crystal drops that fall from them to the floor. There is also a bed with a canopy, a white canopy and white silk sheets and an extremely fluffy bedspread. The entire room is about the size of a large apartment. Uh, this is someone's bedroom? Like I said, you can go home. Wow. Wow. I thought this was a ballroom at first. Ollie's gonna walk over to the bed and then just flop face first onto it. It's so soft, it doesn't feel like you're lying in anything. It just feels like you're supported by air. This is the best day of my life. Like half a second after Ollie says that, Suri comes and like flops on the bed too. Oh my gosh, this is so soft. I should also mention that the bed is about the size of two king beds pressed together. Definitely the best day of my life. <laughs> Cecily, you should cut. You gotta check this out. This is like, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's other beds and, and things. And I, I mean, I, uh, Silver. Yes, I am here. Are, are we meant to live here for all the rest of our or is are we can we are I'm really confused about this sort of you know job description here 
Well, I mean, this is a base for you to access and use as you see fit. If you do not wish to stay here, that is also your choice. There are no real limitations. You can either stay here or not. Alright. That is what it is. At least as far as I know. I mean, because, you know, a lot of people would sort of definitely notice if we just didn't go home. And... Silver blinks at you. Are you not going to be staying here, then? I, I, I have not made up my mind on that particular... You know, a little wrinkle in, in things just yet. I. I see. Well, it I, is s- your choice. All right. Well, it really does depend on a lot of parameters because honestly, if if we're if we're meant to sort of live here and uh, are we supposed to, you know, live here and give up our whole lives and no longer go to school and and be I don't know superheroes or something? I don't. I don't really understand what we're supposed to do, and it's all really overwhelming. And this place is just so very expensive and I feel really weirdly guilty about all of it as I said before it is up to you whether you use this as a base or not I cannot remember if well I know that they were here but I do not remember how often they were here I will say that I would like you to stay here because now I have friends and now that I'm active I will not be shut down again I do not want to be alone. But it is entirely your choice what you do. If you would like to just visit me, that would be cool as well. Just remember that this place is available as an asset to the heroes. You're not an asset. You're a friend. Oh, That makes me very happy. Thank you so much, Sir Asissa. You know, I'm sure we could sort of work something out where somebody at least is is always here. I mean, I know I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like I, I'd feel pretty bad if I just, you know, abandoned my mom. I don't know how often I'll be able to be here. I don't know. My parents were really, really mad. Like, really mad. Do you need to get back to them? Soon. Well then, this place is always available for all of you. You may finish exploring it at some other time. And also, there is the matter of the tests that you need to figure out what they are. I do not believe the implication was that they were all inside of here. It is up to you how long you continue to explore. I will not stop you. So does Hudson come back? Uh, I don't... I don't know. I assume he doesn't find anything in the bathroom downstairs. Did you go to the bathroom in the kitchen? Yes. Okay. So you go to the kitchen, and I I believe... Hopefully I mentioned that there was another door alongside the pantry, but if I didn't, there is one. And you open it, and it leads to a bathroom. It's basically just a toilet. Okay. So Hudson looks around. I guess he searches it. I assume he finds nothing. (laughs) You find nothing. I won't make you roll for that. So, I know that you are enjoying this room, but if you you did already open it, is there anything you want to look at? Ollie begrudgingly gets up off the bed, looks back at it with like a longing glance, like, I'll be back, baby. 
and then goes and starts rifling around the room looking for stuff. Uh, I'm gonna go to the drawer. There's sets of drawers first, right? Oh there no! Is not. Uh, uh, there is a um, room divider, but that's and then there's like other bits of furniture, like couches and chairs and stuff that are all fancy and velvet. Oh okay. Um, there's also the door that's near the room divider. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, so you try to open it? Yeah. You open it and the door comes open and you look into a small hallway. There is a door at the end and then a door midway through on the left. Hey, there's another hallway back here. A smaller one. And Ollie's gonna kind of lead the way into the hallway. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's coming with me. Is that, am I right? Yeah, okay, cool. Silver will also um, follow. Excellent. Uh, and try the door on the, you said right? There is a door on the left and a door at the end of the hall. Okay, first I'll try the door on the left. You open the door on the left and it opens to a, and it opens to another large room. But this one, unlike the other room, is slightly smaller has actual walls that are trimmed in white and gold wallpaper. And there are rows of racks that are empty, sort of just sitting in the walls. And there are two chests of drawers on the far side, also white and gold. And then at the center of the room, there is a small pedestal. It's like one of those ones you see in a museum, a display case and there is a glass dome at the top of it. And inside that dome are a pair of rings sitting on a raised bed of black velvet. Uh, sorry. Is this what I think it is? Oh no. Maybe. Are you thinking that those were the rings that they were going to exchange? Uh, yeah. Well, you wrote a fanfic about. It. No, I didn't. Never mind. Um. You what? Nothing. Let's. We gotta go. Uh. <laughs> nothing. You just. You just use the words fanfic. I did not. Okay. Yes, you did. I heard it with my ears. I meant a different word. My ears are much superior to most humanoids, so uh, you indeed said fanfic. I do not know what this word means, but you said it. It's like a fantasy it story about that, sir. He's a great writer. It's a fantasy story about fans, I guess? We're, we're losing the train. There are rings in the, um, right, Cecil? I don't know what fanfic is either. <laughs> That's not what I was... So is it fiction about people who are fans of things or about fans? No, but we should really... It's about when two people love each other very much. I know how this and... ends. It's in my databanks. 
They get a prenup. And then they exchange rings and live happily ever after. And get a prenup. No, they have... Okay. <laughs> Wait, do you, do you have like a block for talking about sexy things? No, I do not. Oh, okay. You're just being funny. Yes, I am. Oh, we're going to be friends, aren't we? We are already friends. I know, but we're going to be, like, good friends. Okay. Uh, let's go try the... Oh, oh, wait, we should check out the different drawers and stuff in here. Just, like, quickly start looking through drawers investigation if there's check. anything useful. Hudson's going to help. Anyone? Yeah. Help. That's right, Hudson. You lift things. You lift things real good. <laughs> okay, I have an 18. Okay. You go to the chest of drawers. The first one, you open them all up. It doesn't have anything in it. Uh, the second one you open, however, on the second drawer, you see that there is a small tiara inside. Wow. Ollie takes it out and shows it to everyone. So the tiara has this really... It's almost an iridescent metal that's been bent and curved into shape. And then there are gemstones that glitter with a sort of aurora borealis effect. That's beautiful. It, it kind of goes with your, like, thing. Ollie hands it to Suri. You do see that the metal of the tiara is the same as your locket. However, everyone who is in the room, please make a history check. What'd you get, Hudson? One. <laughs> Hudson, it's just very shiny. It's almost as pretty as you are. Whoa, that's real pretty. 17. Also 17. 18. Woo, I finally did a roll right. <laughs> With an 18, this tiara seems very, very familiar, but you do not remember why. Yes, Cecil doesn't say anything. Cecil just kind of looks at it and... Maybe one of the heroes won like a pageant contest or something? Maybe... Suri looks like she's actually about to put it on and then she's like I do not know why but I feel like that is something that I should say Callum would have done <laughs> what a pageant <laughs> maybe it's it was a wedding tiara it's too pretty I think I... Suri you don't need to roll for this uh, because you're obsessed or your character's obsessed you know that Harkin and Havisham never got married. And to your knowledge, they never got to be engaged either. I wonder if... I'm sorry, which one died? Uh, obviously Harkin. Wait, no. Because Havisham started the school. No, no. Elizabeth Harkin founded the school and named it after her dead lover, right. Elaine Havisham. Elaine so Elaine died. died. I wonder if Elizabeth was planning this for Elaine. That does make more sense in the pageant. 
I think it would have been hard to, to, to go to a pageant while you're being a hero, or to have a fair pageant if you're a hero. I... This is so pretty, but I think it's one thing to claim things that that people have left behind for us, maybe? But I don't think that this is something that that we should touch. This is because Elizabeth loved Elaine very, very much, and I think it should only be given to someone if they're really in love, you know? Yeah. How big is the uh, the pillow that the rings are resting on? Six inches by six inches. Suri's gonna take the tiara and head over to the plinth and um, try to, to pull up the, the glass so that she can set it in with the wedding rings. You lift up the glass and as soon as you do, there is a thrum of energy that hums from it coming out from beneath. You can feel it push down from beneath the glass and out. And it starts to come out in waves of opalescent color, blues, pinks, greens, oranges. And as the glass is pulled fully up, the two rings glow and start to rise in the air. They spin once, then twice around each other, and then start to glow, and they fuse together. And when that passes, a single ring with a blue and red stone, the two pieces merge together to form one gemstone, starts to lower itself to Surasissa. And you hear the following voices. This is key to the first exam. Born of the hearts of two twins. At the school we founded, Present this ring at its highest point. And you shall find the way forward. Newest heroes. Strong of will. May these artifacts show you more hope than the tragedies we all face. Good luck and goodbye. And the ring lowers itself into Cerises' hands. Suri catches it in her cupped hands and blinks down at it and then blinks up and just kind of looks at everybody and just, I think I was vastly mistaken about the tenor of that relationship there.
She just kind of looks stunned. What? Um. So, the school that the twins founded. Lothmorin? We've got to go there? Yeah, we have to go there? Oh. So this was like a twin thing, not a lover thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. And so, you all receive your first trial to go to Lothmorin School of Magic and Enchantment. <laughs> This has been Fast Times at D&D High. I'm Persephone, and you can find me at Persephoroth everywhere online. I'm Caro, and you can find me on all the things at Caromer, spelled with a zero. I'm Nuance, and you can follow me at Shatteraven, R-A-V-Y-N, on Twitter, and Books and Wunch on Twitch. Check out Dungeons and Dratini's My Pokemon Homebrew. I'm Ren, and I live on Twitter at Atomic Firebird. I'm also at Make Believe Live on Twitch, where I run indie system one-shots and do a weekly interview show. I'm Elise, several sentient otters, and I am not on the internet. Don't at me. You can find all of us on Twitter at FastTimesDnd. If you want to support us, please visit us at patreon.com slash FastTimesDnd or ko-fi.com FastTimesDnd. That's D, the letter N, D. If you want to know more about the world, the players, or the characters, check us out at FastTimesDnd.com. That's again, D, the letter N, D. Written transcripts of our episodes are provided by Nuance Vivian and Adam Robertson. If you want to help us out, leave us reviews on iTunes and comments on Podbean. Five stars only, key things. Fast Times at D&D High is an Arcanacast production, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Our editor is Derek B. Perry. Our theme song was produced by Derek B. Perry and Ashley Abbott. Our background music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and David Fesslian, licensed under Creative Commons. Find individual track listings in our show notes. And that's all the things. Still don't at me. Tune in next time to see what our heroes get up to. Bye.